Hi everyone, welcome once again to Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Marilyn Mason is an American actress, producer and screenwriter. Her acting credits include roles in Hogan's Heroes, Bonanza, The Big Valley, Dr. Kildare, The Man from Uncle, The FBI, Mission Impossible, The Fugitive and The Invaders, to name just a few. She is known to Elvis fans for co-starring in his 1969 movie, The Trouble with Girls, as Charlene. Marlin has many happy memories of working on the movie with Elvis, and she joins me on the line now to share some of them with us. Hi Marlin, and you're very welcome to Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Hi, how are you, Steve? I'm doing very well. And let me see now, I thought you were in California, but you informed me that you're actually in Oregon, is that correct? Yes, I'm just over the uh, California-Oregon border, about 36 miles. And I want you to know you're my hot date for the afternoon. Oh, wow. Of course, it's night where you are, isn't it? Um, it's it's about 8 p.m., yes, but uh, that's yeah. definitely an offer I can't refuse. That's probably one of the best offers I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, safe. <laughs> I, I, I'm obviously in a very select company then, because obviously Elvis, you, you had a hot date with Elvis as well, of course. Well, not really. In in uh, not really, but I he was lucky he was married. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad he was too because I think I would have had my heart broken otherwise. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure no, so. No, but I I love the guy. Everybody did. He was I, I I mean I had no idea at the time that I was, you know, how he was going to affect my life so many years later. And uh, I'd rather have him alive and well, but he has given me a great old age and getting to go to Memphis and Europe and different Elvis uh, festivals have been, it's just been fantastic. Okay, well, let's let's sort of start at the beginning then, as, as I'm sure almost everybody listening knows, you co-starred with Elvis in The Trouble with Girls, and then, of course, there was a parenthesis as well, which was, and how to get into it. Um, <laughs> but you didn't actually have to audition for the movie, did you? You got it through, was it Peter Tewksbury, the director? Yes, yes, Peter Tewksbury, as I was told many years later, um, that he, if they didn't accept me as as Charlene, that he was going to walk, and he'd already done two films with Elvis. And uh, I had, I did not know Peter, but he obviously knew me and knew my work and wanted me for this role. And, uh, you know, as Bruce Lee taught me, what is, is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it, and it worked out in my favor, obviously. And it was, it was just great fun. And I had just come off of a Broadway musical. And when you're away from Hollywood for five minutes, you tend to get forgotten. So I was in New York for almost a year. And when I came back, um, I thought, oh, what am I going to do? And I was only home a couple of months when the call came through to do the Elvis movie. So I was really hot to trot by then, ready to get back to work. Yeah, so the, the production run ran from uh, October uh, the middle of October till the end of December, just a little bit before Christmas, I believe. Yes, and I was I was with him when his Christmas. Well, I wasn't with him when it was played, but when his comeback special came on, he asked me to watch it 
that weekend. And I thought, oh, God. And, and I had when I met Elvis, I, I was very honest with him. I said, you know, I'm not a fan of yours. But I said, I'm, I don't mean that unkindly. I said, I'm talking about the music. I said, I've always been interested in in Broadway musical music. And uh, and I just, you know, I never even in high school, I never followed whatever the current, you know, rage was with music. And, yes. Uh, he just got that funny little grin on his face where his lip would go up on one side. And he, and I could just, I, and when I think about it now, he's probably going, Oh my God, what am I working with here? <laughs> and, and so, it, but he was, he, yeah, he was fabulous. And, and anyway, I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I mean, tell us a little bit about the first meeting of Elvis. Well, um, Jonathan Lucas was the choreographer, and that was our first day of uh, the first music rehearsal, and that was in in the rehearsal studio at the at MGM. And um, Elvis, I was there, and Elvis came in. He was I I from the get go, I thought I was not going to like him based on nothing. I just had assumed he was going to be a, a kind of a lazy actor. I had not seen any of his movies. And uh, I, I just thought, oh, God, I just I hope he's professional, but he'll probably will probably be waiting all day for him. Oh, my God. The guy came in right on the nose. He he. And when I saw him, I went, oh, my God, he's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, we had that initial conversation and got into the rehearsal and we just started singing and. There was just a nat. He and I kind of worked this. He was the theme, uh, the male version of me, and I was the female version of him. Is how I can best describe it. We both just wanted to work, and uh, he he was wonderful to act with. And so from the get go, it was just the most joyous ten year, uh, ten ten years. I wished ten months, uh, ten weeks. <laughs> I'll get it down right. Yeah. And um, he was the ultimate professional and he loved to rehearse and was always in good humor. It was a good time of his life. Lisa, Lisa Marie was about, I th- think, two months old, five months old. She was just a little infant. And um, he was 34 and in just grand shape. You, you've seen him in the movie. I yes, mean, my God, yes. he gets under that white suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to, I remember at one point I said to Tewksbury, I said, forget my close up. I said, he, I said, I can't beat that face. <laughs> just, just keep the camera on him. And he liked that. I mean, he enjoyed all that, but you could tell he was, there was a little bit of shyness in him at the same time. And I think he was just, I, I think we were both the same in, we both knew we were talented, but it's not what you know, stuck in our brains, it was that we couldn't wait to get in and do what we love to do most. Yeah. And um, so it was, I couldn't, I used to go to the studio on my days off because just, just to be around that whole company, it was, it was just an upper the whole time. So so you had lots of fun times on the set with Elvis then, yeah? Oh my God, yes. He was, yeah, he just, everything was fun. He had a great sense of humor and he was quick. 
And if you threw something at him, he'd just toss it right back. And and this wonderful, I always, uh, when I'm talking, doing Q&As with the fans, I always tell them it was like a fine tennis match. Mm. And we just, we were both at our, you know, in top form. And he was, he was in just, I got him at a really good time, I think, in his life. And that's when he had, I didn't know this. And if he told me, I I have no recollection of it. But that was his, uh, Trouble with Girls was his next to last movie. That's right. And uh, he had one more to go. But he did call me into his dressing room to tell me he was just overjoyed that he was going to play the international in Vegas. And I, I had already I had done some singing in Vegas as a just as a uh, production singer. And uh, so Vegas was no big deal to me. And he was just over the moon. Well, I had no I have no idea what it's like to, you know, book deals and things in Vegas at that time. But he was he was he was just over the moon about it. Mm. And uh and uh, of course, it was a, it was a great success. I mean, it, it revitalized his career. The the NBC TV special, and then the return to Vegas yeah. just revitalized him. Yeah. Well, when he had caught when he called me in, when he had told me every he'd called me into his dressing room another time and said, uh, "My my comeback specials on. At, would you watch it and tell me what you think?" And I'm thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm okay, okay, Elvis." I'll tell you what I think. And I just thought, oh, I've got to watch this special now. See, I had never seen him perform. Well, he came out in that black suit and I about, if I had false teeth, I would have dropped him because (laughs) he, he, I, I, the first thing I said to myself, I think I said it out loud. My God, I'm working with that every day. Yeah. I have no idea. (laughs) He did. He really, I mean, uh, you know, it's called a TV special and he really did look special. Oh, he, yes, he, it was, well, like I say, I just, I mean, I thought he looked great working with him, but Mm. seeing him Mm. and doing what he loved to do most singing and and playing his guitar and he just, oh my God. I mean, I will never forget that. And I, I went back to, I went back to work on Monday and I knocked on his door and he said, what's up? And I said, I, I said, I told you I wasn't a fan of yours, but I said, I sure am now. I said, I had no idea how talented you were. I said, I mean, I love, you know, the whole thing with acting, but I let him know I had no idea. He was so natural. And the guy never, the thing that I appreciated most, I think, in everything that he did was he never faked anything. If he went up on a lyric or said something you know, said something wrong or in a lyric, he would just go with it and share it with the audience. He never, he never tried to cover anything up. Yeah. It's funny. His his father often said that he he did stay the same all the way through it. He didn't uh, sort of become the big star and the big head and everything like that. He was just, he was just Elvis. Yeah. Well, Steve, I think that's with, with uh i in a very in a much smaller way that's how i have always felt about myself is my my whole life really is i i'm at the most joyful when i'm acting mm. and it's and i know i know when i'm good and i and i know when oh i can do i think i can do this better but i'm uh, i'm not conceited about it 
And it's it, because I know it's what I do. And I know that that's where I shine because the, I get the reaction from the fans. And or in this case, you know, in a movie, you're working with a crew and a director. Yes. And and it's just a feeling. And and it's so wonderful if you're lucky enough to get to to experience that. And then to get two people, I think I think I think Elvis would nod. I really do. If he heard me talking about uh, that, I think all he wanted to do, he did say to me, he want he would like to do one good role mm. because he knew people in the in Hollywood laughed at him. That was the saddest thing he ever said to me, and that's the only word for word. He said to me, I'd like to make a good film because I know people in this town laugh at me. Yes, I've heard I've heard him I've heard he said that as well. And that is shocking yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's 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 what well, it was heartbreaking to me. But I never and of all the conversations we had, that one line stayed with me for some reason because when he died, uh, and and people started, you know, calling me and wanting to do shows. I said, no, I don't, I don't want to make money off of Elvis. I said, I love the guy. I said, I, you know, I'll leave that to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so for years, I didn't do an Elvis show till I went to Memphis in January of 09. And he'd been dead quite a while. And, uh, I, I, but I had started making, uh, little independent short films and that can get very spendy. And that's what got me. I thought, oh, Elvis won't mind if, if I sell his photos to make movies. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, uh, and so, and so, and then I, once I did it, I just, I so loved, I really like being with the fans. They're terrific. Yeah. They're like a family more than fans, aren't they? They're an Elvis family. That's what I always say anyway. Yes, yeah. There, well, because well, it's there's just a commonality of Elvis that runs through the whole audience when you're when you're in an Elvis group. I was on an Elvis cruise, and there's two thousand Elvis fans. Wow! And it, the place just rocked. Mm. Yes, yes <laughs> and it's it the music, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. And uh, but it it was uh, yeah, it was quite an experience. It's it's all been a fabulous ride, really. Tell me, um, did you take lunch breaks together while you were shooting the movie? We did. We took a lot of lunch breaks. Yeah, and that's that's when we would get into you know some uh, uh, you know talking about the business and stuff. But had I known that I would be doing this, I would have paid more attention. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would have made notes. I, I, first of all, I'm going to be 82 in August. Oh, wow. And I, I thought I'd be dead a long time ago. And so, uh, and trying to remember when I did the first Elvis, I had to run the movie to draw on maybe sparking some memories that were tucked away. And that was how when I started doing the Q&As, because I, I wanted to be able to answer the questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I watched the movie several times to to spark up my memory and <clears throat> remember things that I never really gave any thought to. Uh, let's now let me see. There was something else I wanted to ask you. Oh yeah. He, he had a, he had a nickname for you, didn't he? Yes. He called me cap C A P. And that was cause I used to wear a little cap to work every day. And he, so he just started calling me cap and that was it. I don't think, I, I don't remember him ever calling me Marlon. Did he, uh, did he ever sing to you, uh, during your lunch breaks or things like that? Or did he just save that for the movie? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, I never saw him. The, the, um, I never saw him much. He had his guitar in his dressing room and he would play, mm -hmm. but, um, 
he, I, I don't recall him ever having it on the set uh, unless he's using it in the movie. And I think he uses it at one point. Yes, he does. That's right. Um, also, uh, he was a very generous man as well, wasn't he, Elvis? Yes. Yeah. And had I known... Had I known, I would have saved some of the stuff he gave me. He'd call me in. He'd say, Cap, get in here. And I'd go in his dressing room. And there'd be a pile of hats. And then there'd be a pile of scarves. And he'd say, pick one. And I'd say, well, you pick one. You pick it give it to me. And so he'd pick a scarf. And I gave all those things away because I'm not, I'm not nostalgic about things. So I just gave things away. And, and the, the, the most... Um, really neat thing he gave me was a little owl ring. And um, I, I wore that for a while, but then when I got married uh, a short, a couple of years later in 72, um, I, I thought, Oh, I'm not going to wear this ring anymore. So I gave it to a hairdresser who collected owls. Her name was Kay Pownell. And I don't know if she, if Kay is still alive or not. Nobody seems to know where she is. The few people I've asked. And um, but I gave it to her and she said, well, are you sure? And I said, yeah, if I ever wanted. I said, I'll know. I'll find you. Uh, no. <laughs> and I thought, no, <laughs> she let, let, let her have it and enjoy it. And maybe she gave it to somebody who. I didn't know if she had children or not, so I do not know where that ring is, but it's somewhere. <laughs> well, I'd be very interested to know where it is. I really would. Yeah. Yeah. Put the call out. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. Some of my connections. Um, now, this is going to make a lot of the female listeners prick their ears up when I say this. I've heard on the grapevine, Marlon, that you actually uh, undid Elvis Presley's pants zipper. Is this correct? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes, I have forgotten all of I've forgotten all about that. I'd I say we've got every female listener's attention now about this. I think that you can see me do that on a YouTube. Oh, right. On one of the YouTubes, it just put in Marlon unzips Elvis's pants and see <laughs> maybe it will come up. All you women out there, look try or, or word it somehow. But yes, um. Yes, Mr. Tewksbury, um, he liked to get certain reactions out of people. And he, I had done my close-up already, and now the camera was on Elvis. And I was sitting for his close-up, for his look to look down at me. And uh, Tewksbury took me aside, and he said he wanted a particular look from Elvis. He said, I don't care how you get it. Just get me that look, that reaction. And knowing how Elvis worked, I was very comfortable because he he was one that just liked to react to, you know, the, the freshness of something that wasn't rehearsed. And so I'm sitting in the chair and I, while he's talking to me, I'm not saying anything. I slowly turn around and my face is just right in line with his crotch. <laughs> and I thought, okay. And I'm just saying, go for it. You know, and I, and, and I'm, I look up at him occasionally, but then when I start working on his belt and I got the, whatever, how his pants were put together, uh, I got that part undone. And then I had the zipper. So I just started unzipping and there's a very, it's just a millionth of a second look on his face where he looks a bit curious, but you have to look really hard 
you have to really watch his face and and you know that's the moment when I was started to unzip and then I'm thinking come on Dukesbury say cut I can only this only, this zipper only goes so far <laughs> and that it the timing worked out perfect Elvis never broke character he he could have stopped and said what the hell is she doing yeah but he 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 stayed right in character and it's it's quite lovely. It was a, it was a lovely moment. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm sure now there's uh, quite a few people after listening to that. Now they're going to go to YouTube and type that in and see if they can see yes. that. Yes, and and I'll 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 try looking that up too, so that the next time if, if somebody asks about it, I can say, yeah, you can see it under put type in this and you can get it. Yeah, and if I find it first, I'll send you the link. <laughs> uh, okay all right it's a deal <laughs> <laughs> the game is on <laughs> <laughs> yeah um do you do you remember your last meeting with elvis no it was the well i remember the last day it was the last day of shooting i i met him the first day and 10 weeks later i we said goodbye well we didn't i don't even recalling recall saying goodbye we just sort of it just I, we took, I have a photo of the cast and some of the crew, I mean, some of the cast and the whole crew and, uh, and Elvis and I with the, you know, with sitting next to the cameras, it's a, it's a nice memory picture. I was crying a lot. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just crying in between because it was, we were, had become such a family. It was such a wonderful crew uh, and we'd all just lived together for 10 weeks and it was it was just tough, and uh, but you 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 didn't unfortunately keep in touch with Elvis after the movie wrapped. No, no, and I I I've not kept in touch with except a couple of actors, and we didn't really stay in touch. We just met up many years later. Um, I, I, no, my my stuff was I would do a TV show for a week and then on to the next one, and and uh, that's pretty much how my my career was in my real, I was real busy in those years. And so you're with a family for a week and then you have another family the next week. And, and, um, so everything is very short lived, you know, did you, uh, did you go to any Elvis concerts afterwards in the seventies? No, no, mm -mm. No, I got I got the best of him. I think. Yes, oh, you certainly did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was he was healthy and yeah, but he was so excited, and I know he was excited about getting on the road. But I, that's what killed him. Mm. I think you know that it's not really healthy after a couple of weeks. <laughs> no, no. Um, were you? Were you? Did you? But did you follow his career a little bit more after the shooting, or did you just sort of that no. went back to? I no, I just went on with my own life, and I I remember I was walking across the TV when it came on that he had died, and I I just I didn't it didn't really stop me. Um, I it was Bruce when I say Bruce Lee taught me what is is nothing much shocks me since he told me that, and um, I was I was just curious about why I knew that he had gotten heavy. And I thought, oh, I wish I had stayed friends with him. I'd knock him about and get him to eat right. Because <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he was just, you know, he he just looked so bloated. And it was so sad to see. 
Do you think that probably part of his downfall was because he was so sort of uh, compliant and he just did everything that was asked of him and didn't question a lot of things? Do you think that he should have questioned maybe Colonel Parker's decisions a bit more? Uh, well, see, I because do, I don't know the truth. About, I met the colonel a couple of times, didn't care much for him, so I just kind of ignored him, and he wasn't around that much. Mm. Uh, we, we sort of had a nodding, uh, sort of, that was, I, I'd see him across the way and just let him know that I saw him and nod, but mm. I, I didn't get friendly with him. I didn't, I don't know, there was just something that was off-putting about him, so I... You just, you just felt there was something just not right about him? Well, he, he, he it was, I, I remember um, it was Halloween. There's a photo. I don't know if you've seen it of me sitting down holding a pumpkin. I think I have, yes. And El, Elvis is in the white suit and he's looking down at me laughing. And it was a pumpkin that a friend of mine had made of Elvis. Uh-huh. And it was just brilliantly done. It was, he was, he was just, it was wonderful. So while we're, we're talking about that, the, Colonel came and I said, oh, Colonel Parker, come over here and look. And Elvis leaned into me and said, don't ever tell the colonel to come here. Oh, and that just sort of I just turned off the colonel after that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I thought, well, he's no fun. Mm. He's somebody to stay away from. There's there's definitely a feeling after Elvis died and, and particularly also after the colonel died as well that maybe that some of the decisions that the colonel did were more in favor of the colonel than in Elvis's favor. That- yeah, yeah, that, that that's yeah that could that could well be and and as you say Elvis maybe com- being compliant. I know he felt I, I I always had the feeling that he he felt that he owed the colonel something because that's you know i guess what really got he got his career going yeah i mean he definitely did give him the start that he needed the only thing is once he was sort of once he once he lifted off once the rocket took off and went up into the stratosphere uh, how much the colonel did then you know to make it any more successful than it already was um, yes. You know, a lot of people have said, well, you know, Elvis burned so bright that anybody could have managed him nearly. Yeah. I, yeah, I, it's it's I, not knowing all the details. And I never read up much on on Elvis or anything. I just had my experience with him. And, and that's sort of the framework of what I know. But I, I'm not I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I understand that the, the colonel was confined to the United States. He couldn't go to Europe. Yes, because that's, he that's was correct. wanted. Well, yeah. Well, um, he, he was an illegal immigrant, wasn't he? And he didn't have a passport. But yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he could have got round that. He he could have applied for. Uh, well, but I understand he was wanted by the law. Was that not true? Oh, well, there was also a rumor as well, yes, that he was wanted uh, back in Holland in Breda uh, for... Yeah. He wanted. He was questioning over some sort of uh, felony or murder or something, I believe. Yes, it yeah. Was never, it was obviously never pr- proved, but uh, yeah. it, it, it's kind of... Yeah, it's still very shady. A lot of it is still very shady. And and have have you seen the movie with uh, with Tom Hanks and the young man that plays Elvis? I've only seen the trailer. There's a lot of excitement in the Elvis world about it because it doesn't actually come out until June the twenty fourth, I believe. Oh, great! 
yeah, I'm anxious to see it. Yeah, well, however, I have spoken to somebody who's seen the whole movie. I actually, uh-huh. I, I actually made a uh, video on my channel, my YouTube channel, there last week about it because uh, a relative of theirs actually worked on the movie, and Baz got everybody that worked on the movie together there a few months ago and let them watch it uh, at a private screening. It wasn't the same screening as Jerry Schilling and uh, Priscilla Presley went to. Uh, but it's it uh, according to this person that's seen it, it's absolutely brilliant. Baz has really got it right. Oh gosh! Because uh, Baz Baz is a huge fan. Yes. Yeah, I'm anxious to see it. Yeah, I think I mean there's some people saying, well, he doesn't look like Elvis or he doesn't sound that much like Elvis. But uh, you know, it, as long as he gets the essence of Elvis, that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's that's what I like about some of the ETA guys. Mm-hmm. That they are, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Sean Clush. Oh, yes. And uh, he's, I mean, and, I, and several of the guys, I mean, are kind of eerie to be around. And especially in certain little moments, they just are Elvis for, it's like they really are Elvis for an instant. Yeah. And and some of them are really fine, fine performers. But Sean is the one uh, so far that, that, um, I just got goose pimples around, mm. uh, and and he calls me Charlene all the time, <laughs> and and every time every time we talk, he says I always liked you, Charlene, and he does one of Elvis, and he and he just and I just sort of melt, and I said okay, Elvis, <laughs> uh, and I and of course he's he's older now, but he he I think maybe had he been younger, you know. That whatever age they play Elvis, well, he was young when he died. Yeah, um, that uh, he, he might have had a nice shot at it. But the, the, these guys, as you say, the ET, the ETA guys, and this movie as well, is definitely going to sort of almost a, a springboard for the younger fans. Hopefully, the, I think that that's one of the ideas behind this new movie is to turn on the new, fa- you know, turn on the younger generation to Elvis again. The music. Uh, yes. uh, well, I always think the music will, you know, it's it's like Sinatra and Bennett. Those guys will never die. Well, mm. neither will Elvis. You don't hear that with Michael Jackson and as big as those guys were. But Elvis is up there in that echelon of very few where that music is is just, you know, has no time. It's timeless. Yeah, I hope it does that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be one of the first in line to see it. I I, I just can't wait. I think I've I think I've watched the trailer about you know three or four hundred times. <laughs> I mean, if, if for people for people that think that you know Elvis is a has been and he's a relic of the the fifties and sixties and seventies, just the the trailer alone on YouTube has been watched over twenty million times. Yeah, yeah. Well, he I, he was there was a fascination about him, and I don't know um, because I didn't have. Of course, we didn't know how things were going to end up with him. So when I would have my conversations with him, I was more fascinated with just his looks. The guy was just he just was stunning. And and just fascinated with his naturalness to work with. I mean, that's just and and he was so comfortable to work with. Um, I mean, he allowed me because he was so giving. He just allowed me to soar. And even though it's a silly little movie, our scenes together really sparkle. And 
and it's it's that the uniqueness of him and i think that that will never die i think that's what will keep elvis alive that uniqueness and then you hear his his musical abilities and his music over the years and how his voice changed and 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 when he he let out a pavarotti note one day that just sent me flying to his dressing room and banged <laughs> on the door and he opened the door and I said, Did, was that you? And he just started to laugh. He said, yeah. And I said, oh my God. I said, you could be an opera singer. He, yeah, well, he, he could sing everything. He I could. Mean, he had a huge range. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It would have been, inter- it would have been fabulous to watch him do opera. And those romantic roles. Oh my God. Mm, <laughs> the mm, poor yeah. woman who'd have to have worked with him. <laughs> well, when, when you when you hear the endings of some of his recordings, like Surrender and It's Now or Never and things like that, some of the notes yeah. he hits, it's just that they, they still to this day make the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Well, that's well, Steve, that's exactly what happened to me when I heard this note come out of his dressing room. He was. We had. He had this little trailer on the. On the. We were out on the back lot, and he was actually in a trailer. And he just let fly with this note, and I. It was. It was Pavarotti at his beyond Pavarotti. It was just. It just stopped me in my tracks, and I thought this guy's got talent that we, nobody even imagines. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I know his health was failing at the end, but uh, even in the CBS television special, when he does Unchained Melody uh, sitting at the piano, oh. um, his voice his voice never failed him. No. His voice never failed no. him. No. And his, health, his health may have been, but not his voice. And when I, when I saw some of those last, I don't know if I, maybe I have seen the last performance, film, you know, that was filmed of him when he was just, he looked like he was, if you stuck him with a pin, he would burst, but he still got the notes out. And I thought he still, in spite of his illness, whatever it was, that he still wanted to give to the fans and, you know, still give them that note. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I mean, I mean, looking at the CBS TV special, he is clearly unwell. Uh, he, I mean, a lot of people say he was fat or he was overweight, but I don't think he, Elvis was ever truly fat. It was more bloating. He, he, wasn't it, it? he was bloated and, and, and whatever. And I think he was on probably, is it prednisone? The thing that swells you yes. up. I think that's what he, I, I think that's what he was on for pain because I've always heard that he had a twisted bowel mm-hmm. and that he was in pain and uh, that he was in pain. And I thought, well, that's perfect for the road, you know, downers to get to sleep and uppers to perform Mm -hmm. and get into that habit if you're in pain, because Elvis was not going to not perform for his fans. And then it gets all out and then it starts affecting you. You It has to start affecting you emotionally because a friend of mine did 181 shows with him and he was with Elvis at the beginning of the downhill side and who, who, who was who was that? that was duke bardwell he was a guitarist because of elvis never dreaming that one day he would be playing with him 
And uh, he got a call. I think Schilling left. Somebody left. And he got a call and said, get over to so-and-so. You're going to be playing for Elvis. And all those guys, they just knew all how to play all that music. They They were all just impeccable musicians so here he goes over as this young guy and elvis when he he heard elvis when he was nine years old and it made him cry uh it was a song that elvis did called old ship yes and he said if 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 that guy can do that to me i want to do affect me like that i want to do that to other people. And he took, picked up the, I think I'm telling the story, right? He picked up a guitar and learned how to play it and had this very interesting, very different singing voice Duke has, but it's a wonderful storytelling voice. And, um, I did a seven week tour in Europe with him. The guy was just incredible, but I told him, I said, I wish he, he, and because of Elvis, he loved Elvis, but Elvis and the boys were not particularly nice to him. Oh. And but he just he just wanted to play. That was all he wanted to do. He wanted to do his job, back up Elvis there. And and uh, but it was a it was a tough 881 show. Some of them. Right. right. And um, he they made a, a documentary on Duke's life. And I don't know. It was called The Duke and the King. All right. And I, and I don't know if that can be gotten or not. Again, another visit to to YouTube might help. I might look look that up. It is a fabulous, fabulous, not just of Duke's life, which is fantastic in itself, but it's his time with Elvis. Yes, because it's a side of Elvis we never see. Mm-hmm. and and nobody talks about it because the fans want to hear the good stuff. They don't want to hear the. The, the sad part of Elvis. I like all of it because I think it just it just paints the whole complete picture of him. Elvis would not have covered it up. Obviously, he was performing when he was in, in a bad state. He was kind of sharing all that with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think I think Elvis, if anybody was going to be honest about how he was at the end. Or towards well, at the beginning of this was the beginning of the end. Yes, and um, I think Duke uh, took over about 1974, I believe. Okay. So because Jerry Sheff left for a little while, the the fellow that normally played bass for Elvis, and I think uh, Duke was 74, 75, I think. And my memory's yeah, a little bit a little bit hazy, but yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right to me too. And yeah, and that would have begin the yeah that would have been at the beginning yeah of the of when he started the when the when the when all the meds started hitting uh, yeah and, and of course the health problems and all that as well yeah yeah it, it's I was I was gonna I was gonna say um I mean I don't wish to do you a disservice just by saying well you know Marlon Mason is only famous for starring with. Uh, Elvis Presley in The Trouble with Girls. Oh, that's okay. Uh, because we, we, I mean, I'll, I'll tell the listeners as well, you were in, what, Hogan's Heroes, Bonanza. Oh, my God. Steve, I was in just about everything. If you go on IM, if you go on IMDB and see my list of credits, it's, uh, yeah. In fact, I act, I, I, I um, co-starred with Peter Ustinoff in an Emmy-winning uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame television show. All right. So I've worked with some heavyweights. 
Yes, I agree. Yeah. And and Ustinov was, you know, pretty huge in his time. And when I got to play this role opposite him, I I was just as good as he was. I he was just he worked the way I like to work. He just tossed it to you and you tossed it back. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the, the, the people can look out for you what, in The Man from Uncle, Mission Impossible, The Fugitive, yeah. is that correct? The Invaders? Yep, all of those. And some of them I did two or three of. Yeah. I did, yeah, I did a bunch of Barnaby Joneses and I did two, two Hogan's heroes. One of my, one of the Hogan's, and I didn't know this till recently. I did the very last Hogan's heroes. Oh, right. Yeah, I did the very last Hogan's Heroes, and I did the very last Perry Mason. Yes, I've got a note here, actually. Uh, the final Perry Mason episode, The Case of the Final Fade-Out, it was called. Yes, <laughs> yes. It was, the, it was the last one, and that was great fun. Uh, they're all fun. I've had a fabulous life, Just, and I'm still having a fabulous life. I moved to Oregon when my career came to a halt in Hollywood, and I thought, well, if I'm going to be poor, I want to be poor where it's pretty. And an old school chum of mine she and playmate, we we met in grammar school and went in kindergarten when we were five years old. And then she moved across the street when she was seven. And her name is Jeanette Williams. And we grew up together like we were more like sisters. My my own sister was six years older. So I was I was a bit young for her. But uh, Jeanette and I were, grew up. And then when we graduated, I immediately moved to Hollywood and she married and had a couple of kids and moved up to Oregon. And um, and she'd been here a number of years and her boyfriend at the time had built a little house, little a, a little a hut for her parents. And they came up and finished their lives out here. And when her dad died, she called me and told me and she said, you know, if you ever need a roof over your head or you want to get out of Hollywood, you always have a home here. Neither one of us ever dreaming I would leave Hollywood. Because I thought I would work forever. Well, that's not how it happened. And uh, I thought, okay, my career seems to be, I was in my early 50s. And there wasn't that much work for women my age at that time. And uh, so I gave it some serious thought. My my car died and my agent died. And I thought dead agent, dead car means dead career. And uh so I called her up and I said, is your guest house empty? And she said, it will be July 18th. She, why? I said, I'm coming up. And I've been here for 29 years, July 18th this year. And you love it in Oregon, yes? Oh, it's beautiful. And it's, she asked me, she said, would you do my yard? Because she knows that my, my second love after acting is to garden. And I said, well, I don't mow, blow and go. She says, no, I have a gardener to do that. She said, will you landscape it? And I said, sure. So it's a, it's not a big backyard, but I have been working on it for 29 years. Wow. And it's quite, and I'm having a beautiful spring this year. Yeah, well, gardening, you never really finish gardening, do you? Because you've got the seasons and everything has to be taken care of through the seasons. Yes, and I love all the seasons. I love the bleakness of the winter because I don't find it bleak at all. I love the bare trees and, and the, I love the leaves falling in the fall and all the mess of it. Because but when I go to bed at night, everything is as it should be. Yes. And it's so I, I enjoy keeping it up and, and I'm still able to do that. It's not easy. It's getting a little harder at my age, but I exercise every day 
to stay, you know, to stay limber. And I walk three or four miles and, and, uh, yeah, well, you, you, so sa- you, you sound very fit and, uh, yeah. uh, you, you're still, you're still making a few movies though, aren't you? I think, did well, you make one yes, last I, year? I, I, I sort of got off track there. Well, I, I moved up here. I made two movies for television up in Portland, which is about a four hour drive from Medford. And, and then I thought, oh, that's great. Hollywood's come to Portland. Well, Portland moved to Seattle, and I thought, well, there went Hollywood. It's it's moving north, and it ended up in Vancouver, I think. And um, and I for ele- I didn't work for eleven years. I missed it, and I thought, well, I got to do something creative besides gardening. So I thought I would be an artist model, and I thought, oh, taking off my clothes is no big deal. I can do that. So I did that in an Al Ruddy movie, and uh, so I thought, well, I, I can do that. But that would be interesting to to be a still character and to create that for the artist. And um, so I never, but I never pursued it, and I gave that idea to this friend of mine, this this comedian who's also a writer. And, and he, and, and I, and anyway, I got into something about, we got into a conversation about older women, younger men. And I said, and I said, I I said, you know, they've never made the right movie as as far as I'm concerned about that. I said, I'm getting old now and I'm, I have these thoughts and I, I sometimes think, oh, they might make a good movie. Well, he just spent, spun off an idea and, and that's what led me to writing. Right. And so I told him that idea and he said, well, I always like that idea of you being an artist model. And we finished our phone conversation and I hung up and I sat in my chair and 45 minutes later, I had written a 488 word, two paragraph piece about this aging artist model. And it turned into a little film called Model Rules. And it's a bit based on the rules, uh, basic three rules of modeling, and uh, which a lot of models don't know that it even exists. And uh, that began my career. Uh, I did. I did. Two, I wrote two more after that. And I thought, gee, I can I can do this. But meeting other people along the way, I have made 21. Uh, I have acted in and made out of the 21 have made three. I've acted in 21 features and short films since 07. Wow. So you've been busy. So I've been busy and I've got two on the horizon. And um, and yeah, and I've got one coming out. I have a small role in one. It's called Bait. It's a horror, a very, very gory horror film about sirens, the evilness of mermaids. And, uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting script. And I play the old, I play the old siren in it. And it was, it was great fun. Great. Great. So still, still keeping busy. Still keeping very busy. And as long as I can memorize and walk and talk and get, get up and down out of a chair, I'm good to go. <laughs> exactly. You know, no, no, you have, you have to keep active. You, you, can't, you can't just sit in a chair all day, that's for sure. And, and, and my idols are Judy Dench and, and Maggie Smith. Oh, and nice. those ladies have grown old gracefully, so I'm trying to do the same thing and um not going the facelift route and and um yeah they're they're my idols and um would give anything to work with them somebody the other day paid me a wonderful compliment and mentioned being the same 
same paragraph as Anthony Hopkins. And I wrote to them, yeah, this is a fan who's followed my career since he was a little boy. And he's now uh, in his 50s and he has done some acting. And um, anyway, he was kind enough to write me this letter telling me how, how he remembered dialogue from a certain big valley that I did. And it was just a very it was a very sweet, sincere fan letter. But it was from an actor. And I thought, well, I, I know how he feels because of all the fan letters over the years that I had written to to other actors and uh, so we have a correspondence going on now, which is which I'm looking forward to. It's very nice. And um, I, I don't know what led me to that. But anyway, it's I, 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 I am work. I am working and I and I love I'm I got um, they I got a thing from Elvis Presley Enterprises. If I was interested in doing Memphis this summer and, and being a judge. And I said, yes, by all means. So I haven't heard back, but it's still early yet. I've I've done so many of them and they, it's yeah, probably in the next couple of weeks, I should get something that's, you know, a contract and all of that. But they did, they did look me up. Good. uh, Good. So, and I thought, well, I'll see. Well, and I'm sure they're all, everybody's watching what COVID is doing. It's on the rise. Yes. Certain places. Yes. And, yes. It'll, it'll yeah. be with us but for a I've while. But I've got all my shots. Yeah. yeah so I've did got I. All my shots. So did I. Yeah. 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 I'm not taking any chances. I want to live. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. Shall we? Uh, shall we leave the last word to Elvis um, before we close? Uh, I was going to ask you, um, why do you think, after all these years, uh, Elvis is still as popular as he was? all those years ago in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Is there anything you can put your finger on and say, this I think is the reason why? Well, I, I, I wouldn't know the reason. And I and I say this because somebody asked me, if you had one word for Elvis, what would it be? And I said, it doesn't exist. Mm. There is no word. You, whatever it is, it, it it's the right word. But there is no one. The, the word doesn't exist because he, other than he was a phenomenon. Hmm. Yeah. When you think of his background and his sudden rise to, or what seemed to sudden, you know, I mean, he was playing the guitar for a few years before he he uh, you know became known. It hit the Ed Sullivan show, but he. Uh, it, it's I've he 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 just was magic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, Which, it, whatever it was, he whatever he, he, it, it was, was, he only he was the only one that had it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's like a the, who was the actress in the old in in the early days? The it girl yes. was that. Um, um, oh, I'm. Uh, oh. I can't think of who the actress was in the silence. She was known as the it girl. Well, he had it. Yeah. That's it. That, and that's, and we don't know what it is, is mm. do we? <laughs> yeah. That's why it was so special. You see, because he was the only one that had it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, yes. And it's still, it's still when you, I mean, when you do the shows, one of the things that's very warming is to see the great grandchildren of the Elvis fans. Yes. Yeah. People that are my age who are great grandparents now and 
raising them, helping their their kids raise their kids mm. with Elvis music and an yeah. appreciation for that. So the music, even if it were to kind of fade out for a little bit, as sometimes everything has a an up and a down to it, that music will there will all there will always be, I do know this, there will always be Elvis on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, there'll always be the music. There'll always be his films and there'll always be his yes, TV specials. Yeah. But the yeah. music will always it, it just will never that will never die. And then somebody said, you, you you only die when you're forgotten. And I thought, well, Elvis will never be forgotten because of his movies and yeah. his music combined. That's and nice. I thought, well, I'll never die either because I was his leading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Now, I, yeah. I, have to, I, I have to say this. When I've watched The Trouble with Girls, I've always thought, you know, she looks like, you know, she looks like a lot of fun. And yeah. that's really been proved tonight with me speaking to you. You are a lot of fun, Marlon Mason. Oh, you really thank are. you. Well, it, it is. I have just, I have just been so lucky. Um, I, 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 and I don't ask why. I'm not religious. I just, I'm just here, as Bruce Lee said. What is is I is here. Yeah. And and for some reason, life has just been wonderful to me. Yeah. And uh, I, whatever little. I can't say I've ever had a tragedy. I mean, uh, we lose people, and that's just life, how life yes. goes. Yes. And um, so I, I just saw those as being lucky to know people that, you know, have passed on long before their years, you know, and mm. like Elvis. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I've just been tremendously lucky and continue to be. Well, I consider yeah. myself uh, lucky getting to speak to you tonight. I really do. Thank you very, oh, very much. Oh, thank you. Oh, I hope we get to meet one day. Yes, yes. And well, we're going to keep in touch anyway. And thank you, Steve, so much. Thank you very much, Marilyn. All right, honey. Be okay. safe and have a wonderful life. And, thank you. and goodbye to all the fans. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 My thanks once again to Marilyn for joining me on the show. I hope you enjoyed listening to her talk about her time working with Elvis. I certainly enjoyed speaking with her. She's such a lovely lady. Please check out my other interviews on this channel with people who knew and worked with Elvis. Also, a reminder that I broadcast live on YouTube every Sunday when there is a featured Elvis topic, a fan of the month quiz with prizes up for grabs, you can chat with other Elvis fans live, and you can also phone in the show and discuss all things Elvis. Thanks for listening, and I hope you can join me next time on Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Mm -hmm.